You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. We are so um, happy to be here at Southview. We've been here seven or six or seven years. My youngest is six, so we've been here about six. Yeah, wow, it seems like forever in a good way. Um, But now is the time for the word. Um, Oh, wait, I have announcements, duh. Hello? Okay, the first announcement I have is this Friday, because of Governor Lee's proclamation, there's going to be prayer for a lunchtime prayer, which will be fun. Come, you know, eat, you know, and eat first. Don't, well, whatever. You know, we're going to pray. And then um, it's just 12 to 1, and... You know, come on out and join faith so we can intercede on behalf of Tennessee. I mean, we live here, right? We have to pray. Wherever we live, wherever you set your feet at, you have to pray. You have to pray for Southview. You have to pray for your home. You have to pray for your work. You have to pray for your school, says the prayer lady. But it's the truth. You have to pray. Prayer is not an option. It's not a suggestion. And a lot of times we do things as suggestions. Like we say, I don't feel like it. And because... You know, Prague will tell you, if I don't feel like doing something, I'll do it. But it might take me a little bit of time. But that's not how we have to be. We have to be diligent and and into doing what the Lord has called us to do as a body. And I have two other important things. Um, We have two birthdays in the house. (laughs) Yesterday was Pastor Mark's. And today is Miss Haley, so you see them, you give them birthday wishes, and whoever else's birthday is today or in this, have happy birthday! <laughs> Come on now, happy birthday. We love birthdays. Um, and shout out to my family, the marvelous Metas. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be who I am without them. They keep me, keep me going. They don't they? I love them so. I love them so. So let's let's pray and get right in. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for communing with us. You, the the scripture says, "What is mine, man? Excuse me. What is man that you're mindful of him?" The truest translation of that is, "You've made us a little lower than you." Elohim, the creator. We are creative beings, Lord. Creating us this in this time together. A new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. Renew us. Let us be open to what you're doing. I declare deliverance over your people today, oh God. I declare healing over your people today, oh God. Have your way in Jesus' name. The Lord popped it up again, and I was going to save it for the end, but I feel like maybe we just get it out of the way. Some of you have parent issues where you felt like your parents weren't good. You felt like, if only they loved me a little different. If only I was closer with them. 
if only I had parents like my friend's parents. Stop. It's a lesson in futility. They did the best they could. And you're, I hear you, somebody saying, no, they didn't. <laughs> yes, they did. With who they are, and you don't know all of their story. You may know somebody, but you don't know. That's why God can look at us with such loving eyes and say, oh, sweetie, get it together. <laughs> Do better. Because he knows what you went through to brought you to this point. Forgive your parents. Take Abba as your ultimate parent. Hide yourself in him. It's a scripture, I think it's Psalms 27, it might not be, but he said, David said, if my mother and father forsake me, would you take me up? So I pray against that orphan spirit that would not subject yourself to anybody. That thinking that you're just floating along, lone ranger, that's not of God. And I'm not trying to be rude, so please, I love you, but Get back in alignment. Get back under the covering. Submission is for your protection. In Jesus' name. All right. So now, let's get to the word, this yummy word. Woo! Always, this would, uh, I would suggest, you know, as a teacher of children, as, you know, I try to teach myself a little thing or two, um, always come to church with an expecting heart. I learned that early on. Sorry, guys, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to sit down, but I'm not. I'm too hyped up. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, you thank you so much. You know, I move a little too much. But um, what you, I learned early on growing up in the church, if you have a heart of expectation, usually I would, when I was young, I was expect the, because my, my pastor that I grew up with was a prophet. So I was like, oh, God, he's going to tell my parents all that I've done. Oh, Jesus. You know, I had an expectation of doom and gloom. But no, that's not what we're expecting today. We're expecting God to minister life and truth to us and to minister to us through his word that he, you know, he made for us to love letters, right? This is what I have to say to you. This is what I want you to know. And then when you come and if you've read the books, or the chapters or the verses, you're like, yeah, that bears witness with me. And then the Lord can minister a little bit more, give you an extra, or what is it? Don't, don't get mad at me, Louisiana folks. The lanyap, is that how you say it? The little something extra. That's what God gives to us when we just spend time in his word. It's important. I'm resting on this because some of us are thinking that the word is optional. The word isn't important. The gifts, yeah, give me the gifts. Prophesy, speak in tongues, oh, Jesus, yes. But the word has to be the foundation. If we don't have the word, what do we have? We become an occultic being, you know? Ooh. Did I say that? Lord, what? <laughs> Set a guard over my lips, Lord. But it's the truth. We could just, because then we'll be all over the place. We'll say, uh, and oh, Jesus, I'm trying to get to this. 
But I feel like the Lord is saying, watch what spirits you're submitting to. Right? We only listen to Holy Spirit. So when we say spirit speak, no, Holy Spirit speak. Right? Because the enemy is always looking for an entry point. Like, oh, let me, oh, they said that. Oh, let me get them. And the deceiving spirit. We come against that now in the name of Jesus. We cut, we decree, decree and declare clarity over your people, oh God, that every lying tongue will be silenced and shown to be in the wrong in Jesus' mighty name. All right, come on, come on, come on. All right. So, guess what we're talking about? Oh my God! We were at the first service. We're talking about Colossians, guys. Colossians 1. Last week, Pastor Mark did an awesome job of telling us, just go, go ahead on and grow up, okay? It's time to grow up. Um, I don't know, you know, everybody's identifying with something, but how many identify, don't raise your hand, okay, because I'm not trying to out anybody. How, how many identify as being a legalist, a Gnostic mystic, a religious ascetic, or how many people think that they can add to the gospel? Create something new from the gospel or base the gospel on what you can do. Jesus doesn't need our help. Spoiler alert, it's not about your works, which is legalism, your thoughts, which is mysticism, your response, which is asceticism. It's not all about any of that. It's about Jesus and Christ. We have to keep our focus on Christ. We have to get back to our first love. We, as a body, we can't draw away from our sustenance. John 15, I mean, just read that. It says, in the vine, you have to abide, because that's how you bear the fruit. You're looking for things to come to pass in your life, but if you don't abide in the vine, they're not coming. I'm not trying to be rude, but it's not going to happen because God is not going to give you more than you can can't handle. So if you're not connected to a power source, you're not connected to life, death is inevitable. Wow. I take it, Lord. I take it. I think that might have been for me. All right. How many like to study? Come on, studiers. Yeah. Woo. Okay. It was more in the first group, but that's all right. That's all right. Because you study something, okay? Um, you could study sports, hobbies, you know, like games, video games or whatever. Food, how to lay it out, how to prepare it, how to do it better. <sighs> um, cars. I love cars, guys. I have a need for speed. I might need to slow down a little bit because I have a minivan, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to do it, all right? And then, you know, decorating. I think decorating is awesome. You know, when we have our events, like the Kingdom Cultural thing, I'm, it's going to be decorated to the nines, I know, because it's just an expression, another expression of beauty. And all of that is well and good, right? All of it is wonderful to have all these things that we love to do and love to experience. Secondary, behind the word secondary but behind our relationship with Christ because he makes those things so much better he speaks to you like hey they're tired of chili give them something else <laughs> you know what I'm saying but you know or you know put that over there or maybe adjust that a little bit or you know slow down I have a testimony about that and I don't know why I should bring this up from years ago I was driving um yeah, sure. Um, I was driving at a rate of speed. That's what I'm going to say. I was driving at a rate of speed, and we, we were in Minnesota, and we live kind of, we, 
not in the back rows, but you can go different ways. So it was a back way. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, slow down. And I was like, oh, dad, it's okay. You know, I let up a little bit. And then I was like, okay. He said, slow down. I'm like, all right, I, I will, a little bit. And then, you know, I'm trying not to be lead foot here. Because I was trying to get back. I was coming from Sam. So I was trying to get back home, blah, blah, blah. And he said, slow down. And I was like, okay, I, I slowed down. And just as I was, I slowed down, I saw that there was a deer about to dart into it. I was like, thank you, Lord. You're so faithful to me. So then, listen, that's all. Lifestyle of listening. Lifestyle of being obedient. And he knows that I take a little bit of time. So he kept saying it. You know what I'm saying? He's so merciful, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll hit her at the time where she's actually going to listen. You know, I'm working on it. I'm better, though. I'm better at it. But still, you know what I'm saying? He's so good like that. So that's the thing we have to. Have we started talking about Colossians yet? Lord. Oh, yeah, the game. Okay, right. So study the word. And when you hear the word talked about, perk up. Get excited. Just like, you know, we were singing about how good God is. His word is good. His word is delicious, it's sustenance. I mean, it's the best meal we'll ever eat. Starting our day off right. You know, they would say start off with Wheaties, but we start off with the word, right? We start off with the word. Colossians 2, let's get in it, Lord. Come on, let's go. Colossians 2, Paul continues on with the message of Christ. This book is all about Christ. The uh, Colossians 1 ended with Christ is our message. And he, um, Paul was big on Christ because that's how he built up the church, right? He says, so I, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's 1 Corinthians 2 and 2. What does Christ really mean? Christos in the Greek, which means anointed. What does it mean to be anointed? It means to be set apart, consecrated with oil. Acts 10 and 8 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God is, was with him. So Jesus is our model. Jesus is our teacher, our guide. Jesus is our big brother. He says, you know, uh, I have, I'm, I don't know if not all, all of you know, excuse me, but I have kind of two sets of kids. I have the older ones, teenage, almost adult. My, my twin boys are going to be 18 and a couple weeks and I'm like yes. and then I have the young ones so six and seven who pretend like they're going on 42 or whatever but it's like they, yeah right they always look to them they look to their elder brothers as examples and that's why we say if they do this you're in big trouble pal you know what I mean because we don't do this here right but that's the thing where we have to um, model what Christ has done for us. Model what he does. You, like he said about his own dad, which is ours too, um, I do nothing except for my, I've seen my father do it. I do not, I say nothing except he said it, right? We are anointed for service. You're not here just to do all the hobbies, do all the other things other than serving the Lord. You're anointed to be a mom. You're anointed to be a dad. You are anointed to be a cook, a chef, a lawyer, a doctor. You're anointed to be a child of God. Isn't that something? He doesn't tell us to do anything that he hasn't equipped us for. 
anointed to be at Southview. You may be on the fence where you say, I'm not sure if this is my certain brook. And yeah, please don't disregard the message because I'm an elder or whatever. <laughs> but this is your certain brook. Whoever's in the valley of decision, decide today. This is where you're supposed to be. This is it. You can run, but you sure can't hide. <laughs> You'll be back. You'll be back. All right, okay, we're gonna be saying some things, guys. Say this after me. I'm anointed because Christ lives in me and it's already done. Can you guess what the title of the message is? Colossians 2. That's the title, no, I'm just joking. No, it's already done. Oh, it's already done. <laughs> Why is it already done? Because Christ already did it. It is finished, that's what he said. Those three words change our lives forever. Change humanity, change the trajectory. It is finished. And it's a rhema word. It is finished, guys. It is finished for you. What you believe in God for is finished. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Oh, my Jesus. So hang on. The Lord was ministering to me about long suffering. And you know, no, nobody really wants to hear that. But uh, <laughs> he said, I want you, you, you got it twisted. I want you to be long suffering, but I'm not expecting you to suffer long. <laughs> because in that place, there's joy. Because you know that you're going to the next step. You, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. You see that there is an end to this beginning. It's not gonna be like this always, guys. What you're going through, what you think is insurmountable, it's a lie. Because we serve an infallible God who loves us. And in the process, I, hear, me, hear me out, guys. As you walk through and you're like, oh, this stinks, you know what I mean? I'm in the valley. Go on through. Like, I see the car wash. You know how you don't just stay in the car wash and let all that job beat on your car and tear it up. It's, <laughs> you go on through. The washing of the water of the word. Go on through. Let him do what he will. I know it hurts. The pruning always hurts. The sandpaper, Jesus, can we use some other method? But it's so key to our growth and development. It's so key to who we need to be. Don't buck against the brick, because then it'll hurt more. Just do it, just do it. That's a word for somebody, just do it. You've been contemplating how long? God, I'm with you. I'm like that, I can't, I'm a contemplator. Maybe I'll do it and then Prague has it done. I'm like, oh, I was thinking about doing that. <laughs> but just do it, just do it. God is with you. Wow, Lord, how are we gonna get through this? So basically, let me just, you know, sum up Colossians uh, 2, 1 through 5. Um, Paul was in agony over the church. Did I say this already? Okay. Paul was in agony <laughs> over the church because he loved them so much. And it was believed that he didn't even know these people. 
He's just writing letters to folks. You know what I'm saying? Here, I got this for you. I'm trying to help you out. I know you're starting. I know you're a fledgling group. Here, let me give you some wisdom. Let me tap into um, what God has for you and let you know about it. And that's, and throughout it is our hearts being knit together in love. We have to have our hearts being knit together in love. We cannot be separate. We cannot be divided. And it's so easy to be divided. They don't like the kind of food I like. Oh, they gonna serve that, you know what I mean? Or they look weird. And I mean, no, and don't don't be, I mean, everybody's thought about it. It's like, because it's outside your comfort zone. That's really what it is. But kick that to the curb. Comfort zones are for the birds, really. <laughs> Rookies, yeah. It's for it, it's it's a point where we have to stop caring about what we think. How we feel about it, Lord. He's getting me, guys. <laughs> it's about what he wants, okay? So, so don't be a fool, Colossians 4, uh, 2, 4. Don't be fooled by arguments that sound good. You already have the wisdom and knowledge of Christ, which was referenced in the third verse. And then verse 5 is be disciplined, orderly, ordered, literally meaning unbroken battle formation. Isn't that something? We are the army of God. We are called into service. We've been enlisted by our yes, right? It's a blessing to be with the Lord. Say this, guys. I'm anointed because Christ lives in me, and it's already done. All right, Colossians 6 through 12. So Colossians, uh, the verse 6, it says, but don't stop there. Continue on progressing in your journey of faith. We never arrive, guys. There's always another level. Always another level. New level, new devil. That's what I grew up with. But it's true, right? Because our, our, our battle is not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. We have to walk it out and not be afraid because Christ is in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Colossians 2, 7, we are to be overflowing in our gratitude towards Christ and be thoroughly devoted to him. Thoroughly, not half-stepping, fully, completely. Be fully engaged in Christ because that's how you get the benefits. When you're fully engaged in something, benefits come. To eight, don't be taken captive by the enemy's attempt to pull you away from Christ. Don't fall for it. He's after you. He hates your guts, guys. He, he's nothing to be played with, right? He wants to see your demise. He doesn't care where you go, as long as you're out of here, okay? And that's the other thing, guys, that somebody is, is, is toying with the devil. You're saying, well, I know the enemy wants to take me out, and I'm okay with it. Don't be okay with it. That's not an okay thing. Your family needs you. We need you. The world needs you. Christ has you here for a purpose and on purpose. You may say, and yeah, don't battle with me. You may say that, oh, I, I, I've done what I needed to do. It's time to move on. No, it isn't. Stay where you're planted. Blossom. Bloom. Because God has his plans for you. Like I said before, trouble doesn't last always. There's no escape hatch in our own strength. He's the one that makes the way of escape, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so humanism and human logic, human wisdom, that's not going to work. 
Uh, we see that often when we try to do stuff, and it's like, oh, I thought that would work, and it goes kaput. Colossians 2.9, Christ is complete. You don't need anything to add anything or take anything away. Colossians 2.10, our completeness has to be found in him. He's our only source. 11, sin has no hold on us. Its power is extinct. That is something that you can meditate on till Jesus comes. Because it's like, Lord, I don't know if it's extinct or not because <laughs> I, had, you know, I had some pretty sinful thoughts there. But it's the truth. When we recognize who we are in Christ and that it's already done, then it changes our perspective. It changes the way we think about things. And then we're able, more able to cast down those things that are, are contrary to the truth of God's word. Colossians 2.12, we were buried and raised with Christ. It's a baptism from death to life. Say this, guys. I'm anointed because Christ lives in me, and it's already done. Are you guys comfortable? You enjoy sitting down? Yeah. Well, it's time to stand up for the reading of the word. Sorry I took so long, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> um, Colossians 2, 13 through 15 is really our, our, uh, the crux of our scriptures here. And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to his cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in it. In him, it says in the ESV. All right, guys, I can sit down. Thank you. We are alive. Colossians 2.13 is telling us we are alive and forgiven of our sins, no longer in death's grip. So our sinful, carnal nature has nothing on us unless we allow it. Colossians 2.14, I love this one, guys. He canceled the, the handwriting of all notes that stood against us, nailing them to his cross. So it's not just the spiritual notes, but the, the natural notes. If you're drowning in debt, he has a way out. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to do a financial peace class. I'm just telling you what I know from experience from me in Prague. It's a beautiful thing because as you are looking for freedom in one area, he frees you in others. Right? You're like, ooh, it feels, this is how it feels to be free. Sorry. Sorry, I'm embarrassing my family. I'll just bust out in a song in a minute, okay? <laughs> you know, this is what it is that the Lord hit. It's already on the cross, right? It's already there. So I would suggest if you, when you go home, <laughs> please don't think I'm crazy. But get your bills or get your apps or whatever and say, I'm nailing this to the cross. The blood of Jesus covers this. And then also, don't, 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 don't keep digging, okay? I mean, when, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> have a little sense about it, you know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm believing the wisdom of God and how he, he cancels things. But don't give him more work, <laughs> right? I mean, just follow what he says. He'll provide it. He, he is a provider. He will provide what, he, what you need when you need it. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. All right, and then Colossians 2.15, 
another one of my favorites. All of them are my favorite. He made a spectacle of the powers, principalities, and everything sent to oppose us forever. He disarmed them. Luke 10, 18 says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Ephesians 4, 8, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts unto men. You're a gift. Don't let anybody tell you differently. You are a gift. <laughs> Where would we be as a body without you? You are so unique, so precious. The love of the Father is overwhelming for you. I think we have to sit on that, guys. Lord, please show us your people how much you really love us. Jesus, your love isn't based on our circumstances. Your love isn't based on our past or our deficiencies. Your love outlasts that all of that. Your love surpasses all of that. Lord, help your people this day. Replace that stony heart with one of flesh. Lord, let us desire to commune with you. Ooh, because it's already done, Lord. Take us on an adventure with you. Help us not to see spending time with you as boring and you have better things to do. No, you actually don't. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Yes. In Jesus' name. All right, guys. Yes, we're talking again. Say this. I'm anointed. Because Christ lives in me. And it's already done. Okay. Um, we were dead. Christ made us alive. We were in debt. Christ made us debt free. We were defeated. Christ made us victorious. A commentary on this comes from Rick Renner, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 1. Because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, the forces of hell are already defeated. However, even though they have been legally stripped of their authority and power, they continue to roam around this earth, carrying out evil deeds like criminals, bandits, hooligans, and thugs. And just like criminals who refuse to submit to the law, these evil spirits will continue to operate in this world until some believer uses his God-given authority to enforce their defeat. Come on now, we, we, we're gonna be those type of people. Um, openly in the Greek uh, is parousia, which denotes boldness and, and confidence. Triumph is thrombeo, which is a technical word used to describe a general or emperor who has won. 
He comes back to his people like, hey, look at me, look at me, I did it. And then there's a, a whole um, uh, line of weaponry and spoils of war. And he's like, yeah, your king has still got it. But then after all of that, it was a the, the defeated ruler that you almost feel bad for him. He has to be, he's probably chained, beaten, drugged through the streets for all the people to heckle him and say, ha ha, we got you. But what does that sound like? That was Jesus on the road to Calvary. They yelled at him. They beat him. They humiliated him. They treated him like he was nothing. But he said, not my will, Lord. Thy will be done. And plus, I know the end. <laughs> Do what you will, because <laughs> I'll be back. He flipped the script on them. And where you feel like the script is one way in your life that is nothing but bad news and sad stories, <laughs> God's flipping the script. The wave of his glory is coming in your place. If you'll receive it, that's, that's the thing, because I feel it so strongly. If you'll receive the wave of his glory, he's coming through, washing through. I see it almost like a, uh, you know, in Italy, because everybody's going to Italy, right? Why not, right? <laughs> we need to go, babe. But the idea is that, <laughs> you know, like it goes through all the little tiny streets, but it's just like, oh, you got to go, you got to go. But there's no way to escape his glory unless you determine to escape it. In Jesus' name. All right, so it was triumphant with that. And um, let's not put him to open shame again by not believing that it's already done. We have to believe that it's already done, like it says in Hebrews 6 and 6. Don't, don't, don't put him to an open shame. Don't bring reproach against Christ. Even in your own family. Oh, God, don't be mean, guys. Don't be rude. It's like those Christians, I tell you. <laughs> You got to watch them. You, you do have to watch the Christians, but for a good reason and not a bad one. Be a testimony for your family. Be the light. Right. We don't hide our light under a bushel. We let it shine. Let it shine. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> we let it shine. Say this, guys, please. I'm anointed because Christ lives in me. And it's already done. Okay. Colossians 2, 16 through 19 are beautiful scriptures about not being legalistic, not letting um, people make a fool out of you. That's in 18. By telling you what you can and can't do or going back in, well, hey, this, let's not run, take that and run with it. Yes, you had, there are some do's and don'ts, but when you do the do's, the don'ts won't have any uh, place in your life. But um, here we go. They, he's telling them, don't be caught up in asceticism. Don't worship angels. And that's where we land, well, sort of landing is a soft landing. Um, <laughs> don't worship angels, guys. I was studying this, and the Lord was saying that there's some people who have statues and it not, may not just be angels, statues in their house or wherever, you know, outside. Get rid of them because they're actually spirits assigned to those that are bringing you turmoil, 
uh, trouble and lack of sleep. And who wants that? I mean, you and look and, you know, I would say go uh, do a Holy Spirit uh, scan. Lord, what, what should I get rid of? Because sometimes it may not. I mean, the statue, yeah, get rid of that. But it may be some a book in your house that you think you're trying to be, you know, cultural. What am I saying? Cultural with. But he's saying, get that out of there. Scan the place to see if it's clean. I'm gonna tell, I told somebody this, but this is one of my kids, my um, second youngest. He said, he comes up to me, he's like, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm scanning you, mom, whether you're a, <laughs> whether you're an even or odd number, because he loves numbers. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, you're an odd number. <laughs> I would, oh, okay. Thank you for that information. But I said, please don't go around telling people their odd numbers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would prefer to be an even number, but thank you. <laughs> but it, that, that's long story short. Just scan, okay? And then, <laughs> um, then Colossians 2.19, we take our direction from Christ, the head. He's the one that causes us to go. Epicorrect epicoregio, which can be translated choir director, he leads us in a beautiful symphony of his will. Say this, I'm anointed because Christ lives in me and it's already done. So thank you, Lord. And so now we're going to the last um, section, which, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I was like, wait, what are they talking about? I read that. I read it all a lot of times, but here, and there's so much meat in here. Um, he's in 220, he says, don't be bullied into being religious. And we all, if you, you grew up in the church, it's a level of religiosity that comes with that, you know, and, um, it's, it's a difficult thing to, uh, ascertain is this religion or is this the Lord, right? Because it's, you know, tradition is all well and good until it keeps you from flowing by the spirit. And we don't want to be those type of people where we are blockers. It's like, oh, here comes the Holy Spirit blocker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who wants to be not identified as that? Nobody. Because we want the free flow of the Spirit. Because where, where the Spirit is, there's liberty and everything that we need. And then, and um, there's a couple of scriptures that I have to share. Second Corinthians 3 and 6. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. 2 Timothy 3 and 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Mark 7 and 13, making the word of God of no effect. Jesus, who's alive, he became flesh and dwelled among us. We make it effect, no effect because of our tradition. It's like we block the door. We say, nope, you ain't coming in here. I, somebody said that to me. You know, um, it wasn't about me, but it could have been. They said, um, yes, we believe in Holy Spirit, but we're going to need him to stay under control. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, tell us how you really feel, okay? Um, <laughs> um, so, and then Colossians 2.21, doing fleshly things will not make you righteous or holy. Um, Isaiah 64 and 6, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So don't rely on self. The self-reliance, I think, is idol that we all have to walk through, you know, making sure that we are um, 
reliant on him, dependent, yet really dependent. And I know we all um, independent people and we don't necessarily like having to depend on anybody, but it's God's idea, right? Be dependent on him. You don't depend on the arm of the flesh, whether it's your flesh or somebody else's. You depend on God. He's going to make a way. Because this is what I, you, you know, you can look to somebody. Like I would say, Papa Chuck, I want him to give me a candy bar. Papa Chuck, oh, and then you walk by him. Hey, Papa Chuck, you got something for me? You know, and he's looking at me like, what do you want, kid? Keep moving. Um, but when we say, Lord, however you bless me, by whom or whatever way that I'll be satisfied. We can't try to assign somebody to be our source because he's our only source, right? We, we have to make sure we're really in tune with what he's doing because you know, keep your head up. Like, you know how you have to look at the ceiling if you don't wanna look at the people's faces. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just look here. But just remember, he's your source, not your job, not your family, not, your status, not who you think you are or who you don't. He is your source. All righty. So um, Colossians 2.22, it says human wisdom does nothing for your salvation. Nothing. So if you're trying to orchestrate God and his move, create revival by doing human effort, that's going to be a hot mess, right? So we have to flow with his spirit. We have to flow with what he's doing. And it says in um, Matthew 15, 9, 15, 9, which is amazing. He says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doc doctrines the commandments of men. So we're saying that man's word, man's way is higher than God's. Oh, I even hate saying that. Doesn't that sound awful? Um, and Ephesians 4, 14, it says, so that we may no longer be children like, you know, the maturity message Pastor Mark was talking about, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Those are basically doctrine of devils. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? This is why we study. This is why we get to, the know, get to know the great I am. This is why we do these things. It's not to be religious. For me, I'm like, Lord, I need to pray every day. And then one of, when my kids were small, one of them, who shall remain nameless, asked me, Mom, have you read your Bible today? <laughs> and I'm like, does it seem like I have? You know what I'm saying? Because I was testing. You know, it's just like because you can see the difference. When you spend time with the Lord, when you spend time in the Word, when you spend time praying, your attitude changes. He gives you, I, I mean, I kid you not, guys. He gives you ideas that you never even thought of. Like, why would I do that? And then you tell people about it. It's like, what? Oh, that could work. You know what I'm saying? Just let him be. Oh, I feel like it's like a big old bear hug. Let him hang with you. Let him be all your, your all in all. Because he has answers for those problems at your job. He has wisdom. Because in him dwells all the wisdom. He's got all the wisdom for all the things. Right? So why would we seek anywhere else? It sounds so stupid. I'm sorry. It sounds so stupid if you think about it, but it makes sense at the time. Right? It's like, oh, I'll figure this out, God. I got this. But you don't. 
You don't. And that's okay, because you got Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. He's heavy and weighty with everything good. In his wake, oh Jesus, in his wake, what does he leave? Only goodness and mercy, which follows us, right? Our connection with him breeds this stuff. So we struggle for nothing. We strive for nothing. Our God is bigger, guys. Yes, our problems could be big. But our God is bigger. When we recognize that. Woohoo! Did I wake somebody up? When I was growing up, my and, and I tell this story because I'm very I'm a I love to laugh. I mean that's one of my fun we, my pastor at the time, you know, I was like eight or nine or so, however old. And we were all sitting there and he was getting real quiet, right? And he was just talking and, you know. And I was looking around and people were falling asleep. And I was just like, wow, these people are really falling asleep in church. And he noticed that too. So what he did was he came and came to the edge here. And he was like, "Woo! Thank you, Jesus!" And then you see, oh my God, I cried, like, I almost fell out laughing. I was like, "Oh my God!" These people were like, "Oh, we up, Hallelujah!" You know what I mean? Praise the Lord! Yes, that's it. Sometimes you gotta wake yourself up, right? Wake yourself up to the Word. Wake yourself to righteousness. Wake yourself up to who you are in Christ. Wake yourself up to who He's made you to be. Wake yourself up to the knowing that you already, but He's already provided. It's already done. Christ in you, the Anointed One. You are anointed. You know all things because Holy Spirit is in you. Nothing is stumping you. Don't don't get caught up in that. Nothing is stumping stumping you. You're just walking out the answer. You're just walking out the wisdom. You're walking out the understanding. Where you're walking out the counsel. You're walking out the might. You're walking out the knowledge. Isn't that great? That's great. All right. So they're here. I gotta I gotta go. I gotta finish this up before they kick me out. Okay. Um, say this one last time. I'm anointed because Christ lives in me and it's already done. And then we have a script. Oh, I forgot about the slide 15. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, I'm going to read from here because in the first service, I forgot that I edited it and then I didn't edit it in my thing and I was bringing confusion. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. One, two, three. I commit to live a life in full recognition of who I am in Christ. Christ forgave my sins, paid my debts, and defeated my foes. I will no longer allow the enemy to run rampant in any area of my life. Christ finished it, so it's already done. Today, I choose to walk in the complete and utter victory he bought for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.